Welcome back to the Respect the Drive podcast. I'm Tedward, and today, this episode, it's a little different. It's a little more conversational. I've got Eddie Siegel back with me, and we're going to start having guests back on the show. Big, 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 famous, big-time automotive guy. I don't know who we're going to have on. It doesn't matter. The point is that we're hanging out together, and today's episode, I really think, is one of those... It's one of those ones, if you're in an airport or if you're sitting in your office, you may just shout out loud at us. So try, this is just your warning right here. Try not to yell at us out loud. (laughs) If you're alone in your car, great. If you're at the gym on a treadmill, you're going to look weird when you tell us we're wrong because today's episode, we just tell stories. We talk about a few things in the news, like the Corvette Z06 with its incredible flat plane V8 making 670 horsepower. This is crazy. And then Eddie goes into Subaru Starlink, which apparently they've disabled in Massachusetts. And this is a poorly, poorly researched segment of the podcast. So if you're a Subaru fan, you know, just withhold the angry letters. I get it. I know. And since this was recorded, Acura has released the successor to the Honda Cross Tour, the new Integra. Uh, we have a lot of things to say about this in the next one, but let's just leave it at that for now. But winter is coming and it's time to put the toys away, not so they don't see snow, but so they don't see salt. The corrosive misery that is winter in New England is coming, and I know that I'm not driving my Porsche 911 or my E39 M5. My E92 M3 does all the heavy lifting and corrosion for me in this life. (laughs) Maybe time for a new car coming soon. We'll, We'll talk about that in another episode. But if you need to put your cars away, give Garage 42 in Woburn, Massachusetts a call. And I think they might be at capacity at this point. So get yourself on a wait list. But if you really need to get things scurried away, go over to Bond Group in Waltham, Massachusetts. Yes, the same Bond Group that has been providing incredible cars for the YouTube channel, from launches to Ferraris to Vipers, all of the goods. They'll take care of your baby with some fuel stabilizer, a battery tender, and of course, a nice warm place for it to sleep until the salt has washed away. And maybe I'll even take some photos photos for you when I'm there doing some work this winter. That way you know it's still there. But don't forget that your daily driver still needs to survive the winter. So check out Craft Detailing, both in Woburn, Massachusetts at Garage 42 and at their home store, Dedham, Massachusetts. They are going to take care of your car to make sure it doesn't waste away on you. And like my M5 and M3, we've opti-coated it. Yes, a ceramic coating, I'm hoping, is going to do the trick to make car care much easier this winter. So let's just jump into the scatterbrained clusterfuck. And by the way, there's some language in this one. So if you're really averse to foul language, uh, you know, just tune it off. Don't don't listen to it. I don't know. I probably swear a lot in this one because it's just me and Eddie shooting the shit. Here we go. I wanted to have you back because obviously I just want to hang out with you. And oh, this thank is the, you. This is the best way to get you in a room to be like, hey, there's going to be microphones. And you're like, I'd <laughs> love to talk and be heard. You know me. It's great. So I have had this story in my back pocket for the last week because I, I didn't want to tell you until we were on the mic. <laughs> this is like the funniest thing. All right. So a friend of mine, this guy, Chris, he moves out to California mm-hmm. and him and his wife, um, I used to work with his wife. I actually used to work with both of them. They're great. Move out to California and he buys a BMW M2. Now he's trying to get himself into the car scene a little bit. He doesn't really know anybody. 
And so he asked me, where should I go? And I'm like, well, you know what you got to do? You got to go to Good Vibes Breakfast Club up on Angeles Crest because that's the spot. That's the Friday morning spot where basically all of the rich and unemployed go up at, you know, 7 to, to 11 a.m. on every Friday, which is such a weird thing to do, right? I mean, it, it's like, but if you can get away, if you can lie, take a sick day or pretend you have a doctor's appointment, which was that every, everyone, you'll notice an influx in dental appointments on Friday mornings in the Los Angeles car community because everyone's just lying and going up to <laughs> Angeles Crest to Good Vibes Breakfast Club, put on by our good friends Jay Ryan and his wife Nicole, who are fantastic. But anyway, he gets up there and he's asking me like, who, you know, what should I do? Is it going to be weird if I go there by myself? I'm like, absolutely not. This is a great place to go by yourself and meet some friends. You know, just they're car people. They're there just like you. You don't need to have any ins. Just go in. And if you really want to say something, go up to Jay and just say, hey, I'm friends with Tedward. You'll be fine. <laughs> so he goes there and he, he's made, he's made a friend and this guy comes up to him and he's like, Oh wow. Great M2. Like, do you track it? What are you doing? And he's like, Oh, I haven't been to the track yet, but I want to. And the guy looks at him and he goes, well, there's a great, uh, uh, uh track day event that we've been putting on and it's, uh, that you should come to two gate a track. And so Chris is like, Oh, okay. Okay. And so Chris is thinking, two gate a track. Like, I, I, I'm like, what kind of vibes am I putting out? He's like, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but w why is this guy just coming up to me and inviting me to the two gate a track day? And so he's, you know, he's engaging and he's like, great. Yes. <laughs> okay. Send me the information. Is this guy hitting on me? What's going <laughs> on? Right. <laughs> okay. So he gets home and like 24 hours pass and the guy had his instagram and so he dms him and he's like hey here's the here's the information on the track day and he looks at it and it's it's not too gay to track it's toge to track to oh my god <laughs> toge the, the number two track and so it's all these old toge guys who probably run in glendora mountain road and all the angeles crest roads and stuff like absolute animals and then they're like well i guess we'll do something at willow springs or at laguna sake or whatever and so he's sitting there for like 24 hours like man this guy just came up to me and invited me to a really oddly named gay track day <laughs> oh my god oh my god I, that must have been a what a weird experience because the whole time he's probably like what the hell is what did tom send well, me also on? it's really funny because i think to get a track is such a funny name for a for a for a track <laughs> gay racing group because you're basically saying like yo we are we're so gay that we shouldn't even be here <laughs> oh my god but now i'm like i gotta tell my buddy over at out motorsports uh jake i'm like you know you should really do a racing series called too gay to track and everyone's just comes as gay as they can we paint the cars we do it in drag and that's the too gay to track thing that that sounds like a great day. I just think this is so funny. That's hysterical. And I'm like, never have I ever put toge into gay into the same. So anyway, to me, this is like my favorite automotive mix-up. Oh, my God. That is some sitcom material. Totally. It's great. That's a Seinfeld episode. Is that not the most, like, th of course that happens at a Jay Ryan event. That is so funny. God, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So here's the thing. We've got a lot to talk about. We do. A lot's um, happened. So we've got some things going on like this Corvette Z06. Oh. We do a little bit of news here. Now, I'm the type of person where I don't follow car news that closely until I'm driving the car. Like, I, I, maybe I'm an idiot 
and that's probably most of it. But when when people like show off new specs and everything, it almost means nothing to me until I've driven it. It's the way that when if you had a house. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me, I'm going to put a second story on this building and I'm going to do this. And you explained to me everything you did before you did it. I have no idea what you're saying unless you show me A, a 3D model or B, I'm in the new house. Okay. So you're a visual learner. I need visuals. I need to experience a thing. It doesn't add up in my brain. So how do you get around with online dating then? Oh, well, that's why I stopped doing that. And I've been wrong about it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Do you know how many fucking weirdos I've met? It's the craziest oh thing. Oh, my God. Where All I'm right. like, huh. Okay, so this Z06. Z06. What is, I, I mean, obviously, the, the, the big story here is flat plane V8. That sounds like a Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Chevrolet, if this is the end for the naturally aspirated V8. Now, you and I have been hounding on this for years. We've been saying, oh, this is the end. But I can't see them topping this. No, I don't, this is I the don't, craziest thing in the world. I mean... I figured 550, maybe 600, 670 horsepower. You have a nearly 700 horsepower NAV8. That's insane. And it sounds good, like really good. Yeah, it sounds like if you, you know, put me in a room, blindfolded, couldn't see anything, and you played it, I would have said probably a 458 with an exhaust on it. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. I mean, it revs. It, it has the idle. I mean, it's, it's insane. It's perfect. It's absolutely yeah. nuts. The, the, all right. What about, what about what we expect performance wise? And here's the thing. This, I want to lead with this. The big thing that I've been seeing in Corvette land lately is that they have very leaky transmissions. So all these stingrays, I've, I've seen cars as low as 32 miles having these transmission failures where they're just pissing fluid. This wow. is the thing. I didn't know that. Real okay. I was I was hoping you were gonna come in and tell me all this stuff. So this is no, the thing no. I've been hearing about, and I don't know if it's big enough. I don't know if they've done a recall or if they're going to, or if it's even big enough for that. But that is the thing that I've been hearing. So every new car, mm-hmm. especially a ground up car, like a full blown ground up car, has some Achilles heel, right? We all have this stuff. So you know, everyone likes to poke fun at S65s and BMWs to say, oh bearings or they like to talk about crank hubs and f80s or they like to talk about head studs in c63s and they like to talk about all this other stuff right here's the thing though now we're here i mean gt350 right gt350 i mean holy shit yeah i mean that's why we have recalls it's unbelievable jaguar f type when that came out that was type r yeah i mean we had transmission issues on the type r there's a lot of stuff going on so here we have the stingray with transmission issues. And now what are we going to do? We're going to go throw a whole bunch more power at it. You know, is it the same box? It's the same gear. So I'm assuming it's the same casing. All right. I'm going to assume they changed the ratios because obviously this is naturally aspirated uh, with way more horsepower. So they probably did something internally. Yeah. But um, what, what they, I I hope they fix that issue. I mean, or they've looked into the issue or they knew about it, right? Which is usually the, the case. These companies know about it, but it's too late. In their production cycle, as you know all about, all too well. Oh, yeah. And they're just going to come out with a recall. Um, but this car appears to be doing something that Chevrolet has had on their, you know, on their back foot for a long time, and that's the Nürburgring lap record. Um, the C7 couldn't do it because of it being front engine, front mid engined. 
it couldn't beat the record or any sort of record for that matter, the Vipers. Oh yeah, right? I drove a I drove um, my first Viper the other day. I don't think they ever did a C7ZR1, like you know, official lap time. But I would assume that this C8, they're going after something, and I'm going to assume it's it's a lap record of of some sort. Here's the thing: they're they're up against so the car, not in price but in philosophy, uh, is always going to be chasing giants, right? This car yeah. is a, the Z06 is out there to tackle a Ferrari. the The point of a car like this is to say, let's call it 130 grand. Is that mm-hmm. fair? Let's say 130 grand is going to beat anything. On you know it'll beat anything under three hundred, right? Like yeah. that's kind of where they're at. And 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 we've started to see some of the um, we've seen like the two ninety six come out, the Ferrari two ninety six. That's going to be a monster, like an absolute monster, because everyone's going hybrid. So the beauty of the Corvette is that it can't lose, even if it loses. And yeah. this is because everyone's basically got what's going to be like what all wheel drive hybrid systems. And, you know, crazy V8 or V6 power plants, depending on what the car is. So if we take a 296, this car is going to have, you know, around, what, 900 horsepower, somewhere in that vicinity. It's kind of something ridiculous, it's, it's right? It's going to be ridiculous. And yeah. and now you have a Corvette, a fucking Corvette, that is going to be the baby with a mere 670 horsepower. And even if it's 10 or, or 5 seconds off of this on a Nürburgring lap time you're going to say, well, it costs X amount less. It costs X amount less. So who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, the value. And that's what's always been the Corvette thing. It's the the, the cheap sports car that every every person can buy. Yeah. Um, but this car is pushing itself into a stratosphere of cars. We're talking McLarens, you know, Ferraris, GT3s. Um, I don't think Ford has anything, right? Well, the Shelby. Yeah, but you know, here's but that's a, too big. The, I mean, Ford. Ford has the GT, and the GT, frankly, is less about its power plant and more about its chassis and suspension, right? Chassis, I mean, if, chassis design, aerodynamics, yeah. and being able to do with not that much. So this yeah. is this is like the one of the first times we've seen an American car with an engine that looks like it came out of the greasy shop. And went into the fucking laboratory. Yeah. Right? I, they they have been working on this for years. A lot of people don't know, but Chevrolet has been working on this um, engine for a very long time in their motorsports programs. Um, so, and, and it was, a, I think it was in the CT6 Blackwing. I think a version of it. Uh, not flat, though. No, 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 but the block. Okay. I, I'm not entirely positive on that, but... The, the architecture, the 5.5. But they have been running race cars with the flat plane. Yes, yes. With the flat plane crank. A, a version of it. So that gives us some hope that we're not walking into a beta test. Yeah. I, I think I think Chevrolet, if there's one thing they're pretty good at, it's their motors. Um, and their, their engines, for the most part, tend to be pretty stout. That's pretty good. I'm so, excited. I'm look. I mean, I'm look. Stoked. I don't. I don't have much more to say about it other than I'm excited for them. I'm excited for a new thing that's so over the top and so ridiculous. And I still stand by the fact that I think, as cool as the car is, is pretty ugly. I can't get over it. Uh, the big wing, neat. You know the way I'd have it. I've seen a little shorty, like mm. a little lip spoiler. Ooh, yes. It's like the GT3 touring of the Corvette Z06. The touring Z06. <laughs> The Z06T. Oh, oh my, my God. God. So yeah. that's cool. I mean, and you know, it, it puts itself in 
what was supposed to be GT3 pricing territory if it's at that 130 to 140 range. Because, you know, for years and years and years, that's what a GT3 cost. It was a $140,000 car all the time. Um, now everything's a million dollars, not a million, but you know what I'm talking about. Everything's $200,000. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we, we're really looking at 180 to two something to get into a GT3 at this point, assuming there's no dealer markups. Is that, is that like confirmed? Like if I wanted to get a GT3, I'm oh, yeah. looking at. You can already have them. They're delivering. Oh my God. You saw them the other day, didn't no, you? No, no, no. I've seen them, but I didn't know the cost. I'm pretty them. sure they're at that level. I mean, I'll cut this out if that's not true, but I'm pretty sure they're all like, I don't think you're getting, I don't think you're actually getting a GT3, anything less than 180. That's ridiculous. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Wow. World's changing, man. It's nuts. So, what are you? All right. What's on all your right. list? That so was one of the things I on wanted my to list. talk to you about the well Subaru. Yes. Two things: the WRX, the new one. I wanted your opinion on it. What did what your feelings were of it? And this news article that came out uh, a couple days ago, maybe a week ago, about how um, Subaru is disabling Starlink, which is their a GPS system for onboard diagnostics in the state of Massachusetts for all new vehicles. You know how I love Subaru. Um, all right, tell me, tell me what in practice. If I have a Subaru and I have Starlink, what exactly does it do for me? Yeah, see, that's the problem. I don't actually know because I haven't been in a new Subaru with Starlink. Um, but from my understanding, it's the ability to do onboard diagnostics remotely. Um, and that's the reason it's violating our laws for consumer rights for um, right to repair. Oh, Mass- so it yeah. sounds like what they don't want is they don't want to allow any of the uh, like mom and pop shops, local shops, independent shops to be able to use this in order to read diagnostic data on the car. Is Precisely. My- okay. So instead of saying, instead of being like, uh, they they just shut it down. Yeah, they just they just said it is not activated on all new Subarus that are sold to Massachusetts. No, does it really? So obviously, it's a big kind of like, you know, grumpy child like folding his arms and going, "Huh, if I can't have it, nobody can." That, well, Which that's is exact- really obnoxious. But objectively, when I call Jake or you call Farley or any of our local mechanics, um. I never would think like, hey, Jake, can you tap into my outback and tell me why I'm throwing a check engine code? I'd fucking drive there and he's plugging in. I mean, does it matter or is it just like a the, the statement that matters? So I think it's two things. The first thing is I think there's a lot more that you can obtain from this system. That being it's not like you're my OBD2 code reader that's like, here's a code code. Good luck. Good luck. Have fun. Figure it yeah. out, idiot. Exactly. PO441, yeah. emissions EVAP failure. I think this thing can go way deeper into the system and, and look at things at a much clearer level and give you probably a, a more easier way to understand it for people, right? It'll say, like, your airbag light's on. You're an idiot. You Every know? Subaru owner right now listening to this is like, that's not what it does. It doesn't. It no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Starlink connects to the network. My data log with Starlink. <laughs> um, so, so I think Subaru, in their anger and childish behavior, just said, well, you know what? If, if we can't have it, nobody can have it. Jeez. And they just killed it. Um, whether or not that changes like the pricing, I don't know if they're like giving it a discount or whatnot, 
or it changes like your navigation systems or other systems inside. But I know just reading the article, like down below, people are like, oh, I can't start my vehicle now remotely. So maybe it has to do with that, oh, like a so, phone app. So hang on. Let me look this up. Subaru Starlink. Starlink Multimedia. Can, I'm just kidding. Starlink <laughs> Multimedia connects you, to you, connects you and your Subaru to music, news, navigation, podcasts, and everything. So this is basically like the multimedia connectivity of your car. So they just they just crossed their hands and pouted. It also does safety and security. Uh, like what was the OnStar? That was like so. It's like a newer version of OnStar. So, was it with them and their fascination with stars? I don't know. They probably were lazy and just couldn't think of a better name. But wow. All right. So you know Subaru. You're gonna. You know what? How 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 shitty that is to do that in Massachusetts because like. Imagine Subaru being like, fine, we're not going to sell to New England. It'd be like, well, there you go, your sales. That's literally what I thought. I'm like, you're killing off probably a third of your market in New England, in Massachusetts. I mean, how many people buy Subarus? And and just to be clear here, um, while it is a really shitty thing to do, uh, I'm looking at an image of what Starlink looks like. And trust me, you're not missing out. This is a piece of shit. Oh, God. This, that is, looks like like you can, this is like using crutch field. This is awful. God, we need Apple CarPlay. Yeah, that's all we want. All we want. We don't want. Oh, you you can't have Starlink. <laughs> oh no, I can't have Starlink. Great, great. That's like playing Snake on your fucking Nokia. <laughs> all right. And then the the 2022 WRX. So an article was posted on Drive, which okay. is still a thing. Well, apparently. speaking of Drive, I was I spent like my whole Radwood day with Mike Spinelli. Well, he came out with a great article about. All right, the, let's the... hear it for Mike. Let's see what. <laughs> So um, the WRX, now I've been so busy. I haven't, uh, this is the first week that I've really been able to get back on things. But um, the 2022 WRX isn't particularly liked. Now, do you know anything about it? Uh, Other than it has like a really like, it looks like they really picked up their pants in the back and they were like, we mean business. Like that's what I (laughs) see. So first thing, it doesn't look like a performance car. It looks like a crossover. Yeah, it like, does. It has that kind of high waist. It's got like this weird vibe. To it. I, I frankly, when I saw it, I was like, "That's fine. I don't. I'm I'm cool with this." Everyone lost their goddamn minds. Oh, Everyone's, people lost it. And, and vape companies are going out of business as we speak. I mean, for I thought it. You know what it reminded me of? Do you remember those like early two thousands Nissan's Xterras? Yeah, the plastic cladding that fades over yes. time, or Chevy Avalanches. Yep. I'm thinking to myself, three or four years. That thing's gonna be faded to shit. Yeah, but they've been using that kind of fascia on a cross track for a long time. I mean, that's not new. Well, that's what they're they're going for the you know the generic look. But I just it doesn't look right. But whatever. That's not the thing that bothers me most. The thing that bothers me most about it is apparently the highest end trim level, which comes with the Recaro seats, okay, the adaptable suspension, the better drive ratio, is only in now. Let me just phrase this. Subaru calls it, I believe it's like um, their performance transmission or something, like okay. drive transmission. Tell me it's a CVT. It's a CVT. Fucking A. So so if you want to get the fastest model, you have to go with the CVT. Ooh. Ooh. And this is until we got the STI, I assume, in a six-speed? I, I, I assume so. So this is kind of like how – so the new Honda, for example, just came out with the new SI. Right, it's priced at twenty-seven thousand dollars, pretty reasonable. But 
it only comes in that one point. I mean, just like last time, it only comes in that 1.5 liter turbo, which I'm not a big fan of this engine just because I don't trust it. I feel like it's going to have reliability issues. They've already had like oil and gas mixing in the damn thing. So yeah, I mean, I want the two liter. Give me an NA two liter that revs to 7,500 RPM. I don't even need nine grand. Give me 7,500 RPM on a two liter. I'm good to go. They're going to have to put like nine catalytic converters on that engine to pass. <laughs> I mean, it's just such a shame that when you go on a Honda or Subaru website, like let's say you go to you go to a dealer and you're like, hey, I want to get these cars. It used to be that you were searching between, like let's say you want a manual transmission. You, you literally can't find them anymore. You go on any of their inventory and there might be one car that has a manual transmission. Now, what I'm realizing is I'm just fighting for a torque converter automatic. If I go in, like, let's say I want a Honda Accord. I want a V6 Accord touring or whatever the heck it is. I don't know. And and I want I want this car to have, like, a 10-speed or whatever the heck they have yeah. as an auto. I can't get it. They don't exist. Like, the, the, the when you go on, they'll be, like, the as rare as manuals used to be is oh how rare God. torque converter automatics are becoming. They're all CVT. And I genuinely thought that Nissan's uh, uh, commitment to the CVT back in the day oh, was, was was like oh good this is so atrocious that no one will follow this lead holy shit was i wrong because look at subaru look at honda we are in a cbt nightmare and i don't care if they become more reliable they're not fun or engaging to drive and there is nothing more miserable than listening to this poor fucking engine rev itself to death at 5,000 rpm and just hold it there so you know, you bring up a really good point about technology. And when I think of the CVT, I think of something that was clearly overlooked, but people just put, like, you know, put vision up, blinders up and said, you know what, we're not going to look at the bad sides of things. Well, because from ahead. an engineering side, there's so many upsides. The CVT, so the purpose of a CVT, the purpose of a continuously variable transmission is to maintain the torque curve, the level of torque required for the request from the driver. So every time you've ever been in your car and you've gone to pass somebody and you add throttle and you wait for a downshift, it revs out, you run out of revs, it has to shift, which means you've now shifted your power band. So now you've, you've got less power than you had at redline because you've had, you've had to upshift. So now the revs have come back down. This is eliminated 100% by the CVT because CVT, you ask for something, it puts it at the level of which you've asked for it. So you need this much power and this much torque. It's going to give you that and it's going to hold it there basically. Now, then they've gone and done all this stupid trickery because people don't like the reality of a CVT. So they add these kind of fake simulated gear ratios. So the car feels or or basically the the tuning forces the cvt to change its its um its ratio in order to simulate a shift because people were just so unsettled by their car like you know you add half throttle it goes to 4000 rpm and just sits there until you pull out right that's like a weird thing yeah, yeah. um and people didn't like that so now we've basically taken a transmission that had a genuine purpose on paper people were like Ugh, this is yikes and so then they've gone and instead of just being like, you know what, fuck it, we don't really need this. We can give people a really good, solid automatic that's going to basically do all the same things and be more robust. No, instead, they just cover it up with like tuning and, and bullshit software to make it mimic an, a transmission that it was designed to be better than. Yep. I know that's a crazy rant, but like it drives me bananas. And I swear to God, 
seeing paddle shifters on a CVT. Well, you're not going to like the 2022 WRX GT then because <laughs> it has tunable gear ratios or something, and it has like eight speeds or something. So it could I, have a million it, speeds. It could have 800. We could have as many digits as they can display they, on that little dashboard. They made sure to let everybody know that it's like 30% quicker upshifts and downshifts. Then, then what? what? <laughs> I, and that's all we know. Oh my God! Yeah, it's a bad. It's a bad. Another just. Oh well, and the thing is, C- CVTs are not serviceable transmissions. So nope. when your CVT, you know, cooks, you you just replace it, and it is it is not a cheap thing to replace. Actually, I wanted to ask you about SEMA. SEMA's going on right now. Is there anything that you are looking forward to seeing? Nothing. Not a single thing. There is nothing that show has to offer me that makes me think, my goodness, Edward, I'm going to jump on a fucking plane to my least favorite city in this here country. I hate Las Vegas. I I fucking hate Las Vegas. This is not a celebration to me. If you said, Tom, we're going to Vegas, I'm going to be like, and when are we coming home? That's all I want to know is when do we get to come home? So, so, and but do I want to go see Chip Foose? Am I going to go look at a bunch of chrome fucking spinners? I'm sorry. This is, I'm, I need to be nicer to people. I'm not just some schlub on the street anymore. So I, I can't pick fights with like actual people. You know what though? I don't care. Chip, good, good for you, Chip Foose. You've made a great career for yourself. This is exactly why I asked you because I wanted to hear your reactions because <laughs> I know how, what you feel about the aftermarket industry as I, a whole. I like the aftermarket industry typically, but what, <laughs> what happens at SEMA is just an abomination of 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 crack pipe builds getting there on a trailer barely rolling off the trailer into a booth where they can be scrutinized by unfortunately very good iphone cameras now and you could be like well check out the welds on this and and it's you know look i get it i i think it's good for a lot of um, small aftermarket companies to get known. You know, you, you want to be out there. You want to show off what you've got in the aftermarket. You want racing teams or, you know, influencers or wherever the heck it's going to be there to see the thing you've just made. Like, for example, Acuity. I think this is a great place. Acuity can go and show off their shifters. There's definitely a huge Honda market. That's great. But what drives me nuts is like these, these four SEMA builds that are, Atro- atrocious, ugly. There's like a SEMA um, uh, tone that oh, takes place. Yeah. And all I think of is like chameleon paint and fucking <laughs> pinstriping and wheels that make no sense and tires that don't exist, that don't fit and, and, and shit that just doesn't actually function. It's like the biggest fucking snake oil show in the country. <laughs> People walk in and they're like, wow, how did they do that? Well, they didn't do it. it it's a model. It's a fucking model. Doesn't turn over. Doesn't do it. Doesn't do the thing that they say it does. So, like, for me, when I look at SEMA nowadays, so as a kid, I thought SEMA was like a fucking Toys R Us, all right? I'd rather go to fucking Nopi Nationals at this point than fucking uh, SEMA. That's perfect because that's what brings up to my next. So, mind you, I was a kid, okay? This was 2005. Yep. It's still the same thing that it was in 2005. It looks the same. I mean, some of these builds, I swear to God, are the same vehicles just rewrapped or repainted in a different chameleon color. It's un- it's unreal. And here's the thing. So I, I do appreciate it for the fact that it brings people together. Like, totally. I, I like this. This is uh, I'm not going to be a total Debbie Downer on this, but I just think that like now SEMA is almost like, um, like a YouTuber Comic-Con where... It's not to go see the. Can name ten booths? Name ten booths of aftermarket suppliers that are at SEMA right now. I bet you could name three. 
I mean, I so I would assume Honda's there, right? Aftermarket. No, no. Aftermarket. Aftermarket. I couldn't name. Name ten. 10 name twenty. Name fifty. There's like probably a thousand there. You probably couldn't name ten. Well, yeah. But why do you go? You go there because you want to go see. I don't know, like Johnny Lieberman or Matt Farah or uh, uh, T.J. Hunt. Like you want to see the cars in real life. Like Stradman has brought his Bugatti. To me, that is the shift in SEMA. So that's fine because I think if you're a fan of people like that, if like, you know, if you're if you're into these YouTubers, if you're into these types of builds, like maybe you really want to see like what's Alex Choi's new thing, you know? Yeah. That's a good that's a good place Absolutely. to do it. It's all conglomerated in one place and that that adds up. You can you can get your rocks off by seeing all the influencers toys that you've ever wanted to see. Next year, you want to go to SEMA? Hey, fuck yeah, we're going. I've already <laughs> booked the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> we're flying southwest baby oh my god all right i want a fleet update of we, on my fleet? on your fleet all right i have a fleet because update. because it's not good i don't because the videos the m5 oh that's great but they don't know the other one. Oh, whoops okay so you know if you're new to the tedward universe uh I own some very exotic... Vi- no, I, I'm like the most normal-ass YouTuber. I- They're becoming exotic. I, yeah, they are. Over time, I'm getting cooler and cooler because my what were objectively normal cars are now becoming like sought-after unicorns in this naturally aspirated universe. Okay, so I've got a 2010 M3, S65, coupe, space gray, you know, carbon roof, the good stuff, an 88 911, and the 01 M5. Now, the M5... If you've watched the videos, which I hope you have, because Daddy needs money, um, let me zip that up. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> is my sweater, not my fly. It I was his to God. fly. <laughs> Don't listen to him. <laughs> so the M5 just got like a fully new cooling system. It got a new upper oil pan gasket to prevent leaks, and then that did not solve our leak. So it got a new <laughs> rear main seal. Shout out to Wild Motorsport for just putting their whole fucking heart and soul Hold into on, this I car. I have to stop it for a second. Let me just say something that wasn't said on the video. I had said to Tom years ago that it was the rear main seal. Oh, no, it can't be that. Not possible. The world would have to end before it was that. Come to find out, I was right. Yeah, you were right. So I'm giving you that. Eddie was right. Insert some stupid, like, yay! Yay! So Eddie was right. It was a rear main seal. But in the meantime, we also did like a center support bearing because it had this driveline vibration. Just so, so we replaced the like motor mounts, all of these little annoying things because I just wanted the car to be drivable yeah, and functional and, and great. Okay. So M5, I've been daily driving it. Now, this was not the plan. I was not supposed to be daily driving this car. The car is 79,000 miles or 79.8 when it went into the shop. Now I'm at 81,000 miles. Wow. Yeah. I wow. put like a, I put like a thousand miles on the thing, and this is because literally the week I get the M5 back, I'm driving my M3, which is my daily driver, and I'm starting to notice it's got this driveline vibration. Now it's throwing check engine codes for two things: um, a secondary air MAF sensor, just part of the emission system. It's a sensor that's integrated into this hose. You have to replace the whole thing. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. We have done it. I've done it like thirty or forty thousand miles ago. It fixed it. Okay. And it will not read the fucking oil level because this doesn't have a dipstick. It's got one of those electronic oil condition sensors mm. up in the, and it's in the, it, it goes up from the bottom up into the oil pan. So you can't just be like, oh, it broke and pop it out. You're doing an oil change every time you want to do this. So you're going to drain it. So anyway, I replace it. FCP Euro sends me a new one and I'm like, well, I'll plug it in. It'll work. It's broken in the past and it fixed it when I got the new one. Well, come to find out, doesn't fix it. So I'm like, you know what? 
it's going to go to Jake's. I'm just sending it to Wild Motorsport. They're going to sort it out, figure out if there's a ground wire or some dumb thing happening. So I send it to Jake's. And I'm thinking that my driveline vibration, like to me, I'm like, ah, it's probably like a wheel bearing or something. I mean, like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Car's got 106,000 miles on it. And I've been tracking it here and there. So sure, it should it should have blown a wheel bearing or something. Well, they're like, you know what? Your drive shaft needs to be rebuilt because this U-joint is making that like thunk noise and reverse and all that. I'm like, ah. So anyway, now I've been daily driving damn M5 because I've got no drive shaft in the M3 because they had to send it to Texas yeah. Texas. Yeah, the, I, I thought the show, like, I, I thought they were sending it down the street. No, this isn't their fault. This is just me interpreting things. Like, yeah, yeah, we got a shot. The fucking thing's in Texas. So it's like two days to get there, two days to get back. And of course, come to find out, they don't have, and they've like never serviced one of these E92 drive shafts before. So they have to like wait on the U-joint or whatever the heck they're doing to rebuild it. Then they rebalance it and send it back. It is much cheaper than buying a new drive shaft. Well, I would assume that no one really replaces the drive shafts on these cars or, or they, fixes them, right? They, they just, just replace them. Replace them. Yeah, and it's like eight or nine hundred bucks to replace it, maybe more. It's like four or five hundred to do this. Oh, so big, big savings. A, yeah, it's a big savings. Significant savings. Right, and and frankly, the the drive shafts that you get when you buy new ones. They're not really, from what I can tell, I don't think they're like OEM drive shafts. They're like, you know, made in China, this whole thing. So it's, I don't think they're very good. I'd rather maintain the drive shaft I've had, had it rebuilt by a reputable shop and balanced and sent back. So yeah, that's might, what we're doing. And you could actually upgrade the drive shaft if you wanted to go that route. Yes. So I'm not doing that, but no. whatever. So anyway, I just am really praying that all of this gets done before there's any snow on the ground because the M5 is not seeing winter. So... I'm going to just Turo a fucking car if if the M3 is still not done by the time it snows. But I think we'll be okay. I think we're going to be in the clear. So I'm I just I'm really hoping I get my car back. I can't believe this because I think the last – I think you spoke about this with me like a month ago about this, being like, oh, yeah, I'm dropping it off. I think it just needs a wheel bearing. Yeah, 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 and, of course. Yeah. Well, so the problem with, with it – it's not their fault. Like it's not like, oh, Jake's taking all this stuff. No, I – uh, the car started showing me these symptoms mm -hmm. about the exact same day I was going to bring the M5 home. And I'm like, well, screw it. I'm just going to swap cars because then I don't have to have you come and pick me up and do all this stuff. So I'm like, hey, Jake, I'm just going to leave this here. Now, keep in mind, Jake's shop is like three weeks out on service calls right now. Okay. So me going and dropping the car off is a convenience for me. And that's it because I didn't have to go get a ride, but it meant that my car basically wasn't gonna get looked at for a while. So that's the thing. It wasn't like he was like, oh, leave gotcha, it here. It gotcha. was like, hey, can I leave it here because I'm gonna need these things and then they'll get to it when they get mm -hmm. to it, you know, no big deal. So anyway, that's where we're at. So basically, I'm just hoping I get the car back before winter. And um, then last but not least, the old 911. 911. So the 911 is, is great. It needs like two tiny little things, three tiny little things. One, the fan belt is a little loose and I just need to tighten it. I've never done it before, so I've just been like a little a little nervous about it. You've got to you've you've got to shim it basically. So the way you tension these air cooled cars is you you know you take the big nut off the the fan, and then there's I think six shims, and you put them depending on how tight you want it. You put like three on each side, and then if it's loose, you swap them. So then you'll have like four on each one side and two on the other, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's the only thing. So I need to just move a shim. That's gotcha. and I just I just haven't done it. And then it needs an oil change and it's idling a little high. It's idling at like a thousand RPM. Um, so there's a little idle control uh, valve thing that you can just 
knockdown, which I've never done either, but I just think I need to knock it down. Actually, a commenter noticed that. Somebody, yeah. I did a video on the car a while back and someone said, hey, your car's idling high. Then he proceeded to say, you need an engine overhaul. I'm like, you're a fucking moron. So, you know. He knows a lot, clearly. I'm, I'm sure, but he, he did point it out because I didn't fucking notice. I wasn't really paying attention to it. You know, um, I know it's getting to the end of the season. Are you going to drive it at all? Are you going to try to get out one last run or is it? It's probably just going to come home because I'm going to leave. I think the the goal for me right now is the M5 will stay at Garage 42 because I think that car needs the climate control more than any other car, right? Like I think that car. The leather and everything. I think that car would be better in that atmosphere than yeah. any. Because the, the, the 911 really, it's just cloth and steel and some aluminum and stuff like it's pretty it's also it's been you you've left it here before yeah. you know it's, it's still going to be indoors yeah. it's just not in a climate controlled environment unless i find another spot for it which is possible but um the only reason they're not both sitting at garage 42 is just because he's at capacity there's no room there's not a single goddamn spot left no, there what am i no advertising room. this guy for i know anyway if you need if you if you if, if david you space good luck if david gives you the finger you can call bond group in waltham because they actually do have spaces available <laughs> sorry david i gotta i gotta make my nut but uh <laughs> but uh yeah bond group over at uh Sirio's place in waltham they've, they've got spots available so um until david figures out how to open up capacity that's the I'm deal. sure he's thinking of ways. I bet he's got something up his sleeve. Oh, I'm Always. sure. All right. And then last but not least, um, if you remember, Craft Detailing went ham on my M5, and they did a full fucking crazy paint correction on the car. And it looks incredible. It's ceramic coated. It looks great. You can actually tell the car is carbon black now. There's no swirl marks. They are awesome. They did not only Corey's car, but then after I got back from my massive trip to Atlanta and back, they detailed the Durango, which... I had basically been living in for the last two days, pretty Gross. much. So they detailed that inside and out. They did a fantastic job. Drain the shitter. Yeah, drain the shitter. <laughs> I'm sure they probably found a bunch of stuff in there. That, it's just, yeah. So, um, yeah, it looks awesome. They did a fantastic job. Just a job. seat full of Powens farts. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> just thank god for those alcantara inserts i know they just absorb everything well so i went to drive uh coder man our friend matt keefe's um two-door bronco because he got his bro- two-door bronco oh, I didn't diamond know black diamond pack or sasquatch package black diamond whatever very cool and he offered he's like hey you know you're not gonna find one of these he's not wrong and he's like you want to drive it? i'm like hell yeah i want to drive it um so i go to his house i pick up the car i leave the m5 i you know i do my thing i come back and he lives in this little cul-de-sac, right? And there were these two kids, like probably like, you know, 12-year-old boys playing football in the cul-de-sac. Now, me, being who I am, I have my M5 in a cul-de-sac with two 12-year-old boys playing football. So naturally, my inclination is murder these fucking children who have a fucking flying object near my goddamn car. But anyway, I'm like, I don't live here. I'm going to just be chill. So I, before I left the house... I did a I did a football check. Basically, I just, I just went around my car, making sure that they hadn't like left some massive dent on the hood or the roof oh or something. God, yeah. And then I'm gonna drive away and never know and never be able to like ruin these kids' lives. Your I, child put a dent. They're in losing. My M5. Yeah, they're losing those fucking hands if there's a dent on the car. Okay, then never throw a ball again. I assure you. Uh, you'd be horrible to deal with if you worked at a rental car agency because mm-hmm. you would write down every little thing. Oh yeah, and then it'd come back. You did that. That I, wasn't there. Yeah, you don't want me working at places yeah. like this. So anyway, the 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 car looked good, but but I look at the hood. Oh no! And all I'm seeing are like scratches, oh. scratches all over this hood. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And 
Now, my heart is like pounding because I'm like, how is this possible? This car was like a mirror finish. Yeah. How did this happen? And I'm thinking the only way this happened is because I've washed the car twice. And I've used, I've done it in a way I've never used this before, but Kraft gave it to me. They were like, hey, I I was like, I need, I need you to fit me in for a wash. Like we literally have no spots open, um, but why don't you do this, you know, rinseless kit? And they give me this beautiful big red sponge and like the special stuff and like all, all the accoutrement associated. But it like always made me nervous because I've always washed cars with like a foam gun and a mitt and like two buckets and all that stuff. And this feels like just the wrong way, right? Like you're like, oh my God, I'm just going to like basically put this sponge to paint and then yeah. I'm not going to rinse it. I'm just going to, I'm going to wash it with this sponge, like kind of just scrape everything off of it. And then I'm going to go over it with like a ceramic spray mm-hmm. and a nice, you know, clean microfiber mitt and do the dry it properly. Now I've done this twice in every the two times. I'm like, Oh my God, this is a goddamn miracle. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. I'm like, wow, this is great. And I'm not using gallons and gallons and gallons of water to do it. You know, I feel better about the environment. I feel better about my water usage. My car is clean. End of story. Okay. So now I'm thinking, did I, did I destroy my car by doing this? And I'm like having hard. So I'm start driving home and I'm like, I can't, I can't even think straight. So I pull over, I'm driving home and I pull over and I'm just looking at the car. Anyone who's driving by me is probably oh looking at me like, what the fuck? This guy's just staring at his car and I've got my fingernails and I'm, and then I'm, that's when I'm realizing these aren't scratches. They're spider webs. <gasps> Oh, and it's those little spiders, those little kind those of little translucent, bastards. like clearish brown spiders. And they just go up and down your car and they drag their little asses <laughs> leaving web. And it looks like it looks like scratches. And when they're fresh, you can kind of blow them away or even just nudge them. When they're baked in on the sun, they kind of start looking like scratches and you don't can't get them off that easily. So you do have to wash the car to get the to get this shit out. So anyway, I went home. I washed the hood. I just washed that one panel to check and it looks great. There's some Thank deep goodness. scratches. There are some deep scratches that were in the car to begin with. Like when we did this paint correction, you know, to me, I was like, this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. They're like, look, we went as far as was reasonable. It's a 20 year old car. Exactly. Like. But you know, so, but now I'm getting to be one of these paint people and I don't want to be a paint person because do you know how hard it is to be somebody who cares about paint, but also lives on earth in the real world where you drive a car? Like, it's impossible. Not possible. You can't. This is like this is like having children and living in a museum. Yes, exactly. Best way to describe it. So I used to be a paint person when I was in my you know younger days, and I had the time to actually take care of it. But as soon as I started doing the whole race car thing, that went out the fucking window. I'll tell you that it's horrible. So I think. You know, I'm going to just do my best to keep it as good and clean and together as possible, but I cannot let this ruin my life. In fact, I was so, this may, for 72 hours before I washed the hood to figure out what was really going on, I I was like, uh, I was almost in tears like two or three times because I was just so stressed out that they had put so much work into this car and I potentially ruined it. Mm -hmm. So I called, I called Leah after at Craft Detailing. I called her after I figured out everything was good. And I, it was like a confession. This is how I know that like I was raised Catholic. I had to call her and tell her what happened. I called her and I'm like, do you have 15 minutes? And she goes, yeah. And I just confessed this whole story. And she's just laughing her ass off at me. She's like, Tom, it's fine. And if you fucked it up, we'll fix, like, bring it back. We'll take care of it. And, but I was just so, I was like, no, but you don't understand the guilt I felt for potentially screwing up the job that you did was so immense 
I was just ashamed. I'm like, I felt this huge sense of shame. Like I just ruined this thing that you did. Uh, any cool stuff on the horizon that people might be interested in? Uh, I drove my first Beetle today. 74 Super Beetle. Kind of cool. Fully restored. Really gorgeous. 1600 CC. Um, orange. I mean, it's like the most immaculate Beetle I've ever seen. I think it has like 20,000 miles on it. This dude's, cool. this dude's owned it since 1996. It's very cool. Wow, we've had it for a long time. Yeah. And uh, what else we got? Um, tomorrow, I'm going to Monticello Motor Club with uh, our friend Chris Benvy of, you know him from Cannonball stuff. But yeah, he, he offered me a seat at a Porsche Experience thing. So we're going to dri- drive a bunch of Porsches. Have some That's fun. going to be a blast. Yeah. That's awesome. So the horizon looks good. It's okay. I think we're coming up to winter. I've got a new MacBook Pro on the way. Oh, yes. I, I did want to bring this up. The reason October was a little slow for you or you were a little nervous about it is because someone bought a big boy. Oh, my God. I spent a lot of goddamn money. I spent forty, basically $4,100 before taxes on the computer. Oh, my God. Because I, I, I maxed out a 14-inch, basically. So it's a two-terabyte hard drive with 64 gigabytes of RAM and the, the new M1 Max. Now, the reason for this is because... I edit everything in like 4K. I need a machine that can do crazy, crazy yeah. video and graphics because that's what my life is, is video editing. Yet I can't go anywhere right now because I'm I'm stuck to my desktop, my Mac, my M1 Mac mini because I, I was waiting for this MacBook Pro. I didn't want to buy the last generation MacBook Pro. I didn't want the touch bar. I didn't want any of this bullshit. Yeah, the lack of uh, USB ports. Yeah, very annoying. SD no card SD reader. card reader. Oh stuff that's God. just really a pain in my ass. So I've been really like stuck to the house because I have to edit here. So this will enable me to do a road trip. This will enable me to get in an airplane and not a private jet that I'm bringing my monitor on, which I did. <laughs> yeah, I was, brought a, that was ridiculous. I brought a keyboard, a mouse, a monitor on this fucking jet. But I'm not, I can't count on that. No, you cannot. Cannot count on that. I'm not always going to have a G4 taking me places. So uh, for normal stuff, now I have a, I'll have a laptop coming in early December. So that means winter, if things get slow, I can get my ass out to California or somewhere warmer and make some content. Get the vlogs going again, Tom. I mean, something going on. So we'll be all right. Yeah, I'm most excited for, well, first thing, uh, I keep saying first thing, I don't know. There's like a million things I could say for the first thing. Um, Track season's over for me, I think. Uh, I thought about doing another event, but I don't have any tires left. So, and it's really cold and I'm tired. I hadn't been home for over a month on the weekend. No, you guys are traveling like crazy. So to be home, I'm like, oh, thank God. And I think that's a good place to cut it. I mean, God, we talked for a long time. It just went everywhere and nowhere at the same time. So I figured this is probably like the 49 minutes that's worth worth showing you uh but update since we recorded the m3 is back i have a rebuilt drive shaft and now oh my goodness that that u-joint the new u-joint that doesn't clunk under every downshift what a luxury i just want to thank you guys so much for the support just for listening to this watching the youtube videos and if you're so kind donating on the patreon it means the world to me so thank you so much don't forget to respect the drive and i'll see you in the next one